We've been talking that these are the days of Elijah. So let's take another look at Elijah. Let's, let's, and, and we're going to take a look at Noah as well. And we're going to talk about, you know, what, what these days look like because I, I don't want just a mist. I, I would like to have floodwaters. Oh, come on. You, you, I, 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 want, I want floodwaters, not, not just enough to get by, but I, I want to see a move of God like, like we've never seen before. So let, let's, let's take a look at 1 Kings chapter 18 and to, uh, look at the, and there's so much with Elijah, even more with Elisha, which applies as well. But let, let's look at this. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. This is, this is our first introduction. We don't know anything about his past. We don't know anything about Elijah except the word came to him. What else do we need to know? If the word never came to him, we, we don't need to know Elijah. Come on now. So the word came to Elijah, and it was in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to old King Ahab, uh-huh, and I will send rain on the earth. Elijah had prayed, uh, according to God's will, that the rain stop, and it stopped. And I think in America, we're in a season where the rain has stopped. And we need to start praying for the rain to just break out in a powerful way. So Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired, say repaired, Notice he repaired an old altar. He didn't, he didn't build a new altar. He repaired an old altar. Oh, we'll talk about that. So he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. You know, there are churches now that don't even have altars. There are churches where there's no, there's no confrontation. There, there's no challenge. You know, we're just making them feel good. But we, we, I just believe part of my job is to make you uncomfortable. And they pay me well to do it. Amen. So, so he took 12 stones, right, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So he took the 12 stones. And then with the stones, he built an altar. He rebuilt it in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench. He's out there digging a trench around it, large enough to hold two, uh, two seahs of, of seed. So he digs this trench because he, because he didn't, because back then they would, and, and like today, they would fake it. And Elijah wanted to make sure that everyone understood that he wasn't faking a fire. This is not a magician's move of God. If God doesn't answer by fire, it doesn't get cooked. And I just feel today, if God doesn't move in the service, we'll just go home. Because I'm not working anything up. I'm just too tired to work it up. So if it's not God, we'll just go back to the house. Are we okay with that? But I, I just feel a move of God in this place. So he digs a trench, right? And he put wood in order, and he cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on. Listen, how many know wet, wet wood doesn't light? 
If that were me, I'd be telling the guy, be sure you get some really dry wood. Because my Bic lighter, you know, only has so much in it. No, no, no. He, he said pour, pour water on it. Four big old jugs of water. Okay? Next verse. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. And 12 big old, that thing was soaked. And, when, and that, that ditch he dug was full of water. So there's no way to manipulate this blessing. Because over there, they were cutting themselves. And they had their, because, you know, Elijah said, the God that answers by fire, he's God. So they're out there doing their little, you know, rain dance and fire dance or whatever you want to call it. And they're cutting themselves and they're crying out. And there's not even a spark. Nothing. So the water ran all around the altar and it filled the trench with water. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass at the end of the offering of the evening sacrifice. By the way, that's when Jesus died on the cross. That Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day. Ha! Elijah had a ha. Huh. I just feel it. I just feel like he did. Let it be known today huh, that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your, at your what? At your word. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it came to pass, I already read that, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God. You know, oh, that, that just reminds me when Jesus was praying, and he said, at, at, um, Lazarus's tomb, and he, and he prays, and he said, Father, the only reason I'm praying is so they can hear me pray. I want them to know what I'm asking for. Yeah. Elijah already knew the fire was coming, but he wanted the people to know that he's praying for the fire to come. He said that, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. He hadn't turned the hearts yet, but he's about to turn the hearts. I want a move of God. I want the fire of God that won't entertain us, but turn our hearts back to God. Amen. Then the fire fell. Say the fire fell. Oh, my God, my God. The fire fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones. What kind of fire burns stones into dust? That's a hot fire. And the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Everything was consumed. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord Jehovah, He is God. And Elijah said, well, it's about time you get on board. So number one, he rebuilds an old altar. Sometimes we need to rebuild. You know, last week we, I preached on that we, that we need to what? Redig the old 
wells. And by the way, that's not just a generational thing. There are things God's done in your life that you need to revisit. There's some old wells in your life you need to revisit. Come on now, there's things God used to do in your life you're not seeing Him do anymore. That's because your well is clogged. It might be full of snakes. It's time to get in those old wells and pray, Oh, God, do it again. Do it again. Hallelujah. Listen, he prayed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Israel. He's the God of three generations. Let me share something with you. There are some things God's promised you that you're only going to see generations. I, I, I was reminded this morning as I was reflecting on this again that when I was called to preach, it was at a world missions service. There were, there, I made a pledge to world missions. And the Lord spoke to me and said, double it, you poor sailor. <laughs> said, double it. I said, all right, I'll double it. And that night, that night after the service, God called me to preach. <laughs> and I've always, you know, loved world missions. We've always given the world missions. But it wasn't until my kids, they went through that door. It was like a dormant seed that when they reached a certain age and rain fell on them, amen, that now they're traveling all over the world, amen, and, 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 and ministering in the marketplace or ministering in the ministry, and, and now they're out there. Uh, it, it was prophesied once to Gloria that she would be sent to the nations, and we all laugh, but the kids are going. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying some of the things you think are just about you are really about your kids and your grandkids. Some things won't happen till they come. Are you okay with that? Amen. That's why we pray to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's like Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Oh, that'll preach. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He's the God of the generations. Amen. Psalms 78 talks about this, verse 5 and 6. For he established a, a testimony in Jacob, the third generation, and appointed a law. And listen, I really, you need to understand, the enemy's trying to attack the third generation today. He really is. Uh, if, if you're, you know, if you're the first generation, you know what I'm talking about. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, okay, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. It's more about you just getting through. It's time you get your kids through. Wow. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, we talk about this. Paul talking to Timothy, you want to call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother. He saw something in Timothy that he saw first in grandma. Grandma. 
Listen, I, I know people say, don't live your life, do something that you. I know you're not supposed to, you know, make your kids do something that you couldn't do. That's weird. But, uh, but, but listen, but by the same token, God has a calling on generations. So don't try to make your kids be something that maybe you want to be, but realize that many times what God is, has done in you will manifest through them. Wow. In a very different way, maybe. First dwell in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Amen. But listen, 1 Kings 18, 41, the rain is about to come. He's about to prophesy, Ahab, it's going to rain. It hadn't rained in three years, but it's going to rain. Go up, eat and drink, for there is the, what? There is the sound. That, that, that doesn't even make sense. I've heard of people sometimes smelling rain before it comes because the atmosphere is changing and and it gets thick, and you can almost smell the rain. You say, oh, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Later on this week, they say, it's going to pour. It's going to rain. Uh-huh. But no, no. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. There hasn't been a cloud for three years. There has been no rain, and yet Elijah says, I hear it rain. That had to be in the Spirit. Listen, the sound comes first. We gotta, we gotta hear it first. What, what is, what is hearing? Hearing is really, really a sound isn't a sound until your brain interprets vibrations. I don't want to get new agey here, but that is scientifically proven, right? That sound is really just vibrations in the air that hits your ear and those little, those little bones in your ear, and they vibrate, and your brain goes, "Oh, that's a sound." The preacher's yelling at me. Amen. Some of you are like, I wish you'd tune it down. My ears are just vibrating. <laughs> You're lucky I don't turn it up. The sound, the sound is really a vibration. Listen, there's always the sound of worship in heaven. And if we'll start getting on that vibration, that's when there's a connection between heaven and earth. There is a sound in these last days. There is a sound from heaven. And we got to hear the sound before we see the cloud and before the rain actually comes. So first of all, then second of all, there is a vision. And there's prayer and then preparation. It's not preparation, then prayer. It's prayer, then preparation. 1 Kings 18, 44 and 45 talks about this, and it came to pass the, the seventh time. Remember, uh, Elijah, Elijah gets down, and he starts praying. And he says to his servant, run down there to the edge of the cliff and see if you see a cloud coming, right? Not a thing. There is not a cloud anywhere. I know some of us were like, well, maybe Lord meant tomorrow. I don't know. He said, go a second time. Go a third time. Go a fourth time. Aren't you glad the man was obedient? Aren't you glad he is not one of those? Well, the preacher's out of his mind. 
I've been back there five times. There's still not even a cloud. He goes back the sixth time, right? And, then he, and he goes the seventh time, and he says, there is a cloud. Oh, I love that song we sang this morning. There is a cloud. <laughs> but he's still kind of negative. It's the size of a man's hand. <laughs> Just a little bitty wispy cloud. <laughs> rising up out of the sea. Oh, my God. Whenever you read in Scripture about the sea, what they're talking about, what they're talking about, the sea is people. There's a praise rising up. This is going to come from a praise. It's not going to come from you just waiting around. Well, God said it. No, it's going to come when we start praising and seeding the clouds. Rising up out of the sea. Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your Lincoln Continental and get on out of here before the rain comes and you get stuck. (laughs) Now, it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. Say it with me. Heavy rain, glory to God. And there, and so Ahab rode, rode away in his cattle and went to Jezreel. He got on out of there. The rain's pouring down. And, and there's that pic. Can I show you? There's that pic. And the scripture says that Elijah ran on ahead of him. What? So imagine today you get in your car, you're going down the interstate, and some dude comes running by your car. What was that? Some dude just ran past my car. He's racing in his chariot. Ha, ha. And and (laughs) Elijah's like, And on ahead of him, he, that's horsepower there. <laughs> Bible says, Bible says he sent a heavy rain. That word heavy is that's a heavy, that's a heavy word. It's it's gadol in 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 the Hebrew and First Samuel seven ten uses that word there. Now Samuel was offering up burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle, but the Lord thundered with a gadol, a huge thunder, scared the daylights out of them. Amen. Ezekiel thirty seven and ten uses this word in the valley of the dry bones. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding Gadol army, huge. So this was this was probably a rain that they have never seen before ever. Wow. Isaiah 44, 3 and 4. Whew. The picture's coming along. Should I go faster or slower? Uh, okay, just keep it. Just fake it. Just fake it. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water course. 
Come on, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Next verse says this, Zechariah 10, 1. We know this. Ask, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. In other words, listen, when it starts raining, that's when you ask for the rain. When God starts blessing, that's when you ask for the blessings. Are you here this morning? Don't say, oh, that was a nice service. When it starts raining, you just say more rain. And when you get more rain, you say even more rain. And when you get even more rain, you say gully washer rain. How many know what a gully washer is? Never heard of that until I moved south. <laughs> so so there's, there's, real quick, there's, you know, some people are okay with the mist. Uh-huh. And the mist just keeps things alive. We preached that several weeks ago. The mist is just enough to keep us alive. How many want more than the mist? So you go to the next level. The next level is a shower. And, and the Bible talks about the refreshing of the showers. It's good to have, every once in a while you come to church and you have that refreshing service. Amen? Great joy and everyone's happy and we get refreshed. Then there's the next level. There's the downpour. That's that sudden visitation of God. Just comes out of nowhere. You're just walking along and the heavens open. And all of a sudden you're just soaking wet. Come on. There's oh, hallelujah. I love the downpours, but there's another level. There's the there's the next level, the steady rain. It just rains for days. It never lets up. Just rains and rains, and the ground just just sucks it in. It just just and, and that's the greening and the growing that we get. And, and then, but 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 then there's that there's that last stage, floodwaters, total saturation. In the presence of the Lord. How many want the total saturation? Not only are these the days of Elijah, but let's get to our picture over here. These are the days of Noah. Jesus talked about that in Matthew 24. As it was in the days of Noah, so also will the... How many know we're in the days of Noah? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Genesis chapter 6 talks about this. I don't have a lot of time here. He says, uh, it came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. And, and, and just keep going through this. And uh, remember that these, these demonic figures somehow were having intercourse with, with the, the daughters of men. I mean, that's the only way to interpret that scripture. And giants, that's where the giants came from. In other words, they were messing with their DNA. Isn't that what they're doing now? Trying to create the perfect human? Oh, that's demonic. The sons of God, they were beautiful and so on. Let's just fly through that. And then uh, he said, but my spirit will not strive with them, and I'm going to limit them. That's why nobody on the earth can really live beyond 120 years. That's it. I'm going to limit that. By the way, that's how long it took Noah to build the ark. You realize that? He didn't do it on his weekend off. He endured criticism for 120 years. And he, you know, not only did they not believe it was going to rain, they, did, they had never seen rain. They said, what is rain? Well, it's kind of like a heavy dew. Oh, I don't know. Why do you need a, a boat for a heavy dew? I don't know. So there were giants, right, in the land, and, and they came together. 
so on and so forth. I got to hurry. And then, and then, so God looked upon the earth. It was corrupt. But they had corrupted themselves. And, and, and the thing, the, the, the main thing when you study the text is that there was violence. Violence. But listen to this. It started with sexual promiscuity. Listen, it's one kind of sin for people to be sexual promi- sexually promiscuous by a, a, agreement. They're both agreed to do it. That's one thing. But what happens is people that are sexually promiscuous, <laughs> promiscuous, thank you, It's probably good. I don't use that word every day, you know. <laughs> At some because what sexual promiscuity is is crossing over the boundaries that God creates in marriage, right? So at some point, you keep crossing these boundaries. Eventually, you really don't find enough people to be in agreement with you, so then you start manipulating, and then you start being violent, and then... There's rape and there's serious manipulation. And what you have, it's what's going, what's now God is exposing in Hollywood and politics. Because it wasn't about the sex. It was about powerful men abusing their position. (laughs) Come on, God's exposed. These are the days of Noah. And it's on the news every day there's another name. Every day. Am I right? Every day. But Noah said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When you study the Hebrew there, what it's really saying is that Noah was unaffected. Now get that. Get that. If you've been sleeping, get that. Why was it wasn't that Noah was so super holy? It was because he was unaffected by what was going on around him. How many of us can stand before the Lord and say, I'm not affected by this world? Oh, that's worth the price of the sermon right there. You don't like it, but that's worth the price of it. I'm unaffected by what's going on in this world. Christianity has become Americanized. If we take this gospel to other places in the world, they won't hardly recognize it. We've got to un-Americanize Christianity and get back to what the book says and be unaffected by this world. Amen. Wow. We need, watch this, we need not, you need to understand this thing about Noah, that most of the water didn't come from the rain. Most of the water came from the underground fountains, digging the old wells, rebuilding the old altars. What God has done in the past is just as important as what He's going to do in the future. We will not have a future unless we are connected to our past. And it's time to start digging those old wells. I don't want to preach what I preached last week. But we need to re-dig and start bringing those fountains. You see in the picture the fountain, the, the water. You see the rain. You see that mountain in the distance. 
because the purpose of the water, remember where Noah's boat wound up. It wound up on the mountain. Mountains in Scripture are always about governments and authority. And God wants his boat out of the valley and up on the mountain. And the only way to get there, we got people that are dragging wood up the mountain. I'm going to rebuild the mountain. No, no. You got to wait for the floodwaters. Because God's flood floats all boats. Oh, that was, oh. oh, my God, my God, my God. This is so good, y'all ought to give me an increase in my salary. This is good. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, when I was in the Navy, we had this little thing that the best duty was shore duty. And we always tried to get shore duty. And you know what they would tell us? Sailors belong at sea. Can I say something to the good old gospel ship sailors? Quit trying to get shore duty. Quit trying to get the comfy, comfortable callings. Let's get on the good old gospel ship and let the water rise and let's be about the master's business. Give him glory. Let, let, let me close with this. 40, the number 40. How many times did they fast and pray? How many people fasted? and prayed for 40 days. That Hebrew word for wicked, which is another word for violence, <laughs> the word for violence comes from the same word as 40. Beelzebub. Remember him? One interpretation of his name is he's Lord of the Flies. Guess how long, if you want to get rid of flies in your house, do you know how long the life cycle is? Forty days. Jesus said some things don't come out but by fasting and prayer. Something, you kill the fly, but you didn't get the fly's kids. So the next generation comes up, and then the next generation, and you, uh, you, pretty soon you're out the cycle of a fly. Listen, if you can fast, some things take 40 days, the whole life cycle of a fly. And if you can fast and pray and keep him under thumb for 40 days, there's no more flies coming. We need 40 days. It rained how long? We need 40. 40 days of sustained flooding. Wow. Church, let me throw something out. What if on January 1st we started believing God, some kind of fast and constant prayer for 40 days? What if we got old Beelzebub out of our business, killed the Lord of the Flies, what a year we would have. Keep that in mind. You'll probably hear that again. Would you stand with me? How many want floodwaters?